Exotic Erotic Storytime features literature from the corners of the internet, with only the most niche and obscure sexual themes. This show is for mature audiences only, and even then, please listen responsibly and consider that many episodes are very explicitly sexual and can include sensitive subject matter. Today, I originally planned to release a fantastic story that features the sexualization of body odor, body hair, pegging, and even some light BDSM. I definitely still plan on releasing that episode in future, but it just felt disingenuous not to address current events. I live in New York City, which is one of so many locations across the globe that is massively impacted by COVID-19. I currently plan to continue, still releasing episodes on a bi-weekly schedule, but who knows what citywide and worldwide changes are in store and how we will all be impacted. In an effort to focus on social distancing, I will not be recording guest performers for the time being. I'm now working from home for the foreseeable future and doing everything I can to limit my footprint outside my apartment. I'm definitely a homebody anyway, so that's something I honestly don't mind. I also switched up today's episode to something more topical. I dug up some old, old stories I had archived that sexualize plagues and diseases. following story was posted by Dangus on Literotica.com. I'm Jack Alexander, and this is Martian Oral Madness. Chapter 1 It all began on a dim, cold day on the bleak east end of the Valles Marineris, Mars. Zio de Mott, commander of the Eastern Bio-Warfare Research and Development Center, was preparing for our next mission. After two rovers and now an incoming sample return craft, the humans of Earth were becoming a serious problem. We could not let them discover us. Their technology was limited, but we were too few to deal with them by force. So, a different approach was needed. We needed to limit their numbers and keep them distracted. We needed a virus. Thousands of generations ago, when Martian civilization was at its prime, they had sent influenza to Earth. More recently, HIV. Sadly, that had not killed enough of the pesky Earthlings. They needed something more overt, more potent. The call for ideas was put out, and it was answered. Ideas ranging from a virus that makes humans implode, to a virus that makes them sterile, and even one to make them vomit blood. These were not good enough. They would show up as an epidemic, and the humans would quarantine the affected too quickly. Then, one day, the idea was settled upon. 
we would inflict them with a disease that would cause them to engage in acts of oral sex ceaselessly and shun all truly reproductive sex acts. Ceaselessly, the work was carried out to create this super virus. Zio Demott informed the scientists that the sample collection unit was only three months away from our world. We would have to have the virus ready and packaged in something the Earthlings would not suspect. Soil samples were taken from the various planned landing site options, and they were seeded with the virus. So frantic was the work that even the most stringent safety procedures were tough to follow. So one day, it happened. Odo Amak, lead scientist of Lab 36, was handling a specimen containment unit and dropped it. It burst, and he thought nothing of it. It was engineered for humans, after all. It should not affect Martian physiology. Oh, how wrong he was. Soon, a deep longing developed in the staff. First, Kaldakar, one of the female lab technicians, began to stroke her stadardic enzyme production glands with her upper set of arms, which released pheromones into the lab, prematurely triggering mating urges out of season. Soon, the fighting ensued as the male technicians were overtaken by their native Martian lusts. Odo Amak was approaching Kaldakar lustily when Delandakat, another male chemist, approached him with a laser chemo-separation tool designed to sever ties between closely bonded cells. Needless to say, Odo Amak took severe damage to his limeratic orifice. Following that, Kaldakar viewed Delandakat as the superior male and began to molest his primary genitalia with her upper set of arms, and fondle his reproductive fluid sac with her lower arms. Soon, chaos broke loose as during his climax, Delandakat sprayed his bright orange reproductive fluids all over the lab, shorting out equipment and impregnating several members of the staff. Worse certainly followed, but such graphic details cannot be discussed here. Zyodamat ordered a quarantine, and soon the event was somewhat under control. The ceaseless mating had caused serious equipment damage, and now there were eggs being laid in the lab, some even in the genetic mutation machine. It was with a heavy heart the decision was made to flood the room with 100,000-degree plasma. But it was necessary, as everyone agreed. After that, safety procedures were followed much more closely, and soon enough, the virus was ready to go. Now, it was just a matter of waiting. Chapter 2 Richard Wiley was a hard man, but a fair man. He ran the biocontainment unit of NASA with a steady hand. He knew that incoming samples of Martian soil could, hypothetically, be dangerous to humans. It was his job to make sure that nothing bad came to pass. What he didn't know was that the Martian spy probes knew about this and had come up with an ingenious solution in the form of a short-lived fungus that would eject into the containment room and begin eating at latex and lexan, the primary materials in the path to freedom 
and the ultimate goal of a pandemic. The probe had crashed down in Mexico, far off target, but still recoverable. They simply had to get it in the lab and use the robot to open the contents and scan them. Pretty straightforward. Soon, his team came in, bearing the load in a sealed cart. The top of the cart detached, and they fed it through a decontamination airlock system, which automatically fed the package through with robotic arms. It came to rest on a platform in the middle of the chamber, and robotic arms immediately began their pre-planned routines, opening the package for the first direct human glimpse of a piece of Mars. All talking ceased as the canisters opened. It was nothing really impressive looking, but they were all captivated anyway. The robotic arm shined a light into the chamber, and the light slowly began heating up the specimen. Soon, the specimen began to emit vapors. It grew in density until the specimen was no longer clearly visible. Everyone was totally baffled. There wasn't much water in it. The readings had made that quite clear. What was going on here? They were so fixated on the screen that at first they didn't notice the discoloration of the Lexan panels separating the observation room from the lab. Soon, though, Richard felt a breeze come across his face, and to his horror, when he looked up there were holes in both layers of Lexan going into the chamber. The positive pressure there was blowing something out into the room. Soon all of the Lexan was gone, and a strange mist filled the room. He felt weird. Where was he? What was going on? Why did he feel so lusty? His erection bulged in his pants, and he could think of nothing more than 69ing with Janet Lambert his robotics technician. Someone was unzipping his fly. He looked down and it was Janet. This felt so strange, but so right. He had to have her. Soon he laid down on the control console and she got on top of him so that they were going down on each other in the 69 position. It felt so great. He didn't want to ever stop. He came in her mouth, and she in his so many times, they were losing count. It was unreal. He looked around, and the other members of the staff were giving each other head. The male-dominated workforce even caused some of the guys to start blowing each other. It was wild. It all just seemed so perfect. He never wanted to stop. Then security came in. He must have hit the alarm with his ass. At first, they were just confused and speechless, but soon they succumbed to whatever was driving them all wild. The very air was electric with a drive to lick and suck all day long. Soon it began to spread floor by floor, everyone sucking and licking everyone else. When someone wanted to go down on someone who was already occupied, fights began. It lasted for days. NASA was on lockdown, though, so no outsiders could figure out what was going on. It was on day six that the first of them began to die, mostly from dehydration and exhaustion. 
fighting got worse as more and more people were dead and unable to keep performing. At some point, Richard realized he had to fight his urges long enough to eat and get some water. He could come back to Janet later, only she didn't seem to be breathing. He was too dazed to register that fact. In his search for food, he stumbled out of the building, breaking the quarantine and unwittingly bringing the virus out into the world. He drove somewhere, his home, he thought, unsure of what it even looked like or where it was. He seemed to be operating on instinct. He just had to get somewhere familiar. Soon enough, he found himself in his own driveway. Chapter 3 She'd never been very good at school, but the baby was asleep in the other room and Mrs. Wiley was out trying to contact her husband. She figured she'd work on some homework while Mrs. Wiley was out. They knew it was a busy time at the lab and figured some important research had forced them into a media blackout at his office. She just couldn't concentrate, though. She set her homework aside and stretched her athletic 18-year-old body. She wished her boyfriend was there. She'd been so horny all day long. She started touching herself, moaning softly as her hand felt down into her pants. She was so intent on what she was doing, she didn't even hear the door open. Mr. Wiley was there, looking disheveled, and he had a strange look in his eyes. He looked like he was struggling with himself, fighting some inner conflict. She felt panic. She knew he must have seen what she was doing. And those eyes. He looked at her with naked lust. He wanted her. He wanted her badly. Strangely, she began to feel a deep desire to suck his cock. It was overwhelming. He broke away his gaze and rushed to the kitchen, eating and drinking like a man possessed. She walked in and without even saying a single word, she began to go down on him, while he spilled food and drink all over her in his frantic need for nourishment. He came and came again, but she just didn't want to stop. Never wanted to stop. It consumed her utterly. Neither noticed at all when Mrs. Wiley came into the kitchen until she let out a gasp and dropped her purse. She backed into the corner, but the babysitter just kept sucking and sucking, and Mr. Wiley just kept eating. Soon, though, the lust was upon Mrs. Wiley as well. The rage also. She was not going to let this little tart suck off her husband like that. She saw his throbbing member, and she wanted it. She needed it. It was all she could do to not tackle the girl in her rush for the cock. First things first, though, she had to get this little bitch out of her house. She grabbed her by the hair and drug her to the front door. The girl screamed the whole way, semen splattering from her mouth like spittle. She screamed how bad she needed it, and he had to give it to her. After throwing her out the front door, Mrs. Wiley locked her out and went running back to the kitchen where her husband had collapsed back upon the floor and was patting his stomach. No time to waste, she ripped off her skirt and underwear and sat down on his face. He began to tongue her pussy, and it felt amazing. She leaned forward 
and began to go down on him. This continued for a full week before they died. Chapter 4 Stumbling and confused, the babysitter walked away from the house. She needed cock. She needed it badly. She saw what she needed just ahead in the form of a police officer. He looked so good in that uniform. She walked up to him without a word and began to stroke his crotch. He objected right at first, but then the lust hit him too, and the obvious result followed next. As people passed them by, called the police and paramedics, more and more people became infected. Soon thousands of people were sucking and licking ceaselessly, with no other concern in the world. From there it spread reaching first to all of Houston and then to the surrounding countryside. This was no ordinary virus, though. It was adaptable and programmed to slow down its spread after a few days. This was so people getting on flights would reach their destinations before it began. Some people unwittingly fled to Europe and other parts of the world as news of some mysterious problem was developing in the nation. Little did they know, This virus has also gone airborne, linking up with its predecessor, influenza, and mutating it into an aerial carrier. News reports were limited because everyone going to investigate was infected. Traditional biohazard suits fell prey to the fungus, which seemed to follow the spread of the virus wherever it went, being somehow interdependent. Soon, all but a remnant of humanity was dead from the oral madness. On Mars, we breathed a collective sigh of relief through our respiratory exhaust ducts located near the seam of our front and reach carapaces. For now, the human menace was held in check. Our grand scheme had worked beautifully. We saw it all unfold, too, by way of our cloaked spy probes. Let no race rise again to challenge Mars, or else oral madness shall strike them as well. This episode was narrated and produced by me, Jack Alexander. If there are specific themes you would like to find or avoid, each story is tagged in the episode description. If you have feedback for the show or a story you would like featured on Exotic Erotic Storytime, you can send an email to jack at exoticeroticstorytime.com. Stay safe, stay clean, and thank you for listening.